Welcome in, everybody. So, welcome to my world. Welcome to your world. I am in a crazy world right now. Crazy place, too. Uh, Blue Wire Studios here at the at the Wynn Hotel Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Just returned from my trip from Arizona. I will get into that in a minute. If you want to stick around and have a listen to my escapades over the weekend. Red carded in my last game in the uh, National Pro with my U18s. Fun story. You might want to stick around for that. In other news... It looks like things are, are kind of get. If you paid attention this weekend to EPL and or the Bundesliga, things got crazy. And it's getting a little crazy over there at PSG as well. Now that PSG has been eliminated by Real Madrid, interesting to see the treatment that Lionel Messi, one of the greatest that have ever played the game, and Neymar, the kind of treatment that they're getting from their own. <laughs> and uh, how Mbappe just seems to be walking between the raindrops. No, not affected whatsoever. If you saw Manchester United over the weekend, Cristiano Ronaldo, my God. All the speculation of is he in, is he out, who's the captain of this team, he gets the hat trick. If you didn't see it, try and go back and watch it. That was only trumped by the uh, unbelievable dramatic finish with Jesse Marsh's leads, which I, I will talk about at length, because that was absolutely insane. It was Probably one of the one of the, and I'm friends with Jesse, so I'm kind of living it with him, watching the standings like I've never watched him before in the EPL. Leeds, uh, you know, went through quite uh, quite a roller coaster ride. Their fans at uh, Ellen Road felt, felt the same way. I mean, holy cow! If you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, and I would encourage you to go back and watch all the YouTube versions of what actually transpired. Leeds goes ahead, absolutely playing wonderful football. They've hit the post several times. They really look to be in control of the game. And then at some point, they're one nothing up. At 70th minute marks, things start to get a little screwy. And as it would be, Norwich pulls one back in the 92nd minute. And watching it in real time was difficult. It's better on the rewatch. I got to be honest with you. Because once that goal went in, Pookie got, got it to the line. It, just, it was a ball over the top. It, wasn't, it was nothing beautiful about anything. The ball goes through the box, and it's a goal. 90 and you see the reaction from the fans. Jesse Marsh has took an, t- taken over. He's lost the first one, lost the second one, and now he's playing against the worst team. He needs these points. He's got him in the bag. 92nd minute, boom, one-to-one. Makes a sub, and in very dramatic fashion, they get the, the game-winning goal in the 96th minute. They secure the points, and all is well in, in, the, in the world of Jesse Marsh. But a lot of us, a lot of us who were texting each other frantically, whether that be a WhatsApp or, or just your standardized texting, we're going, oh, God, this is it. It's, it's, it's done. He's done. But three minutes later, he was a hero. So congratulations to Jesse Mars. And the situation as it would be, they certainly benefited from Brentwood taking care of business very late as well, an 85th minute goal and a penalty kick in the 92nd minute to make a 2-0 victory for Brentford over Burnley, which is certainly a team uh, on the chase. And uh, Dice's team is, is, is starting to get it's getting dicey over there. That's a pun on words for sure. But, and of course, Everton's lingering situation, which they just cannot seem to figure it out. And I'm looking at the results, okay? I mean, Everton is in real trouble right now. It's a brutal end to the season because the matches that are still in front of them. Let me read this off to you so you can understand how difficult this may or may not be. It all really comes down to how Burnley does. Because it looks like, as the season is is coming closer to an end, that it will be Burnley, Watford, and Norwich. But Watford is seemingly figuring things out. You know, the change of manager, they might have some sort of miraculous comeback here, but this is Everton's schedule. And as bad as they have been, 
They have Newcastle at home. They got to go away to West Ham. And then it gets tricky. United at home. Palace, who just put up a one hell of a performance against Manchester City in a 0-0. Liverpool away. Chelsea at home. And Leicester. It gets easy for a second with Brentford, but that's not easy either. They're going to be fighting for points, and then they finish with Arsenal. So, you know, four out of the top five, and you're finished, and there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games left, and five of them, four of them, four of them are going to be against you know, top-flight football with Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, and, and Manchester United. Everton's in trouble, man. And that's, uh, it's, it's been interesting to watch Frank Lampard deal with the pressure seemingly seemingly from the outside looking in doesn't look too bad i mean he seems to have everything under control but it's you know i made this analogy before i mean it, it just because the pilot seems like he's completely under control and hey, just take your seats and it will be a little bit of turbulence doesn't mean the plane isn't going to crash it doesn't it makes you feel better for that millisecond that well he thinks everything's okay and it calms you down but that he might be sticking this one in the mud and that's that's what might be happening to Everton. Hate to see them go down. Hate to see a team like that. Everything that they went through this season, Rafa was not the right guy, but the drama is certainly there. The only thing that's not, you know, that not on their schedule, which I, I guess, I guess that's the only bright spot, is that Tottenham is not on this finish. I don't think I'd want to play Tottenham at this point. Watching them against Manchester United the other day, that three-two victory with Ronaldo uh, with the with the hat trick, unbelievable, unbelievable turn of events. And Manchester United will be at, at it today because this is a Tuesday, by the way. If you were, oh, you're in, you're in a podcast world, so you don't care. This is evergreen, but it is Tuesday. It is about 1.13, 12 minutes in to uh, Manchester United's matchup with Atletico Madrid. So, which is always an interesting, and I, I was curious to see whether Ronaldo would be in the starting lineup, which he is. That's that, and that kind of quick turnaround is what you worry about on the, I don't want to call him an old man, but he certainly isn't a spring chicken. So it's only 12 minutes in, still 0-0. Ronaldo up top, he's flanked by Alanga and uh, Sancho. Bruno Fernandes back in the team with a player that everybody needs to extend an apology to, Fred. Fred's better than you thought. Man, is he, is he just riding the storm and dealing with all the criticism and just keeps sending out those really friendly tweets, just being the good guy. And it really is um, amazing to watch because Fred's not a bad player, guys. He's not. Just because you know, Roy Keane doesn't think he's a, a, a player that deserves to be with Manchester United. That does not mean that he's not good enough. Fred is all right. Right said Fred. Right said Fred. What did he, was that too sexy for my, I think that was. And I think that's a funny song that might, that somebody needs to do something with that, with Fred and I'm too sexy for. Too sexy for this shirt. New York and Japan. And the other part of, of today's podcast, as, as, far as, as far as, you know, going through the other results, Liverpool moving along. Chelsea gets a late winner against Newcastle. Newcastle's been terrific. That's their first loss in six weeks, so that's looking pretty good. Aston Villa, up and down. It's crazy. Arsenal with a 2-0 victory. They look all right. But let me get to let me get to uh, today's fixtures before I go Bundesliga. This Tuesday, we got Ajax and Benfica, which was a great Portugal. That was a fantastic game. 2-2 two two was the final score. Everybody's got to start paying attention to our boy Hala because that boy knows how to score. I think he's going to break another record today. I think he gets another goal. I don't even know what the record, are, what record is, what the stats are, but... Nobody has been in better form than the Ajax striker. And we'll see how that one turns out. And then, of course, as mentioned before, Old Trafford is hosting Atletico Madrid right now. Uh, 13 minutes in, still 0-0. Manchester United in a, in a pretty decent spot. You know, if they can get through this fixture, they, it's always going to be a battle with Simeone. So I don't expect a high-scoring game today, but I certainly expect it to get, to get a little chippy. Tomorrow, of course, Juventus 
Uh, Villarreal, that was a one-to-one. And then Chelsea's got a fairly comfortable 2-0 uh, victory with over Lille. So they'll take the road and basically play the way they always play. It's never going to be a high-scoring affair unless somebody just you know basically gives it to Pulisic and he taps it in for, to make it four. But and for the most part, it's, it's back to the old ways. Jose Mourinho, 2 nothing. What do you mean boring? I love that comment from Jose Mourinho when he was criticized for not having the, the, the majority of possession against Manchester City, and he actually won the game. He said, they can keep the ball. We'll take, he could take the ball home. We'll take the three points. Still enjoy those kind of comments. And before we get to, let me, I want to get to the Bundesliga because Bayern is, is something I want to talk about. I took a little stop by the, uh, the sports book this morning because the sports book needs to get their act together. They're a little bit behind. You know, they had PSG six to, you know, what, what was it? Uh, three, two to one favorites to win this whole thing. And they had Manchester United last week at plus 2,000. So I mean, they, they, well, it was more than that. Now it's plus 2,000. I think they had them somewhere like around 100 to one to win the Champions League. And now they're back down to a reasonable number, 20 to one. So if you took that bet a couple weeks ago, you're in a good spot. Chelsea to repeat three to one. Liverpool is still up there. Bayern Munich, in my opinion, is going to win this thing. I don't really put anybody else in there. But if you're going to make a bet, make it on Manchester United. Why not? Why not? Nobody believes in them. Nobody, and it's just this weird deal. I was looking at one of the craziest stats I've ever seen. It's 300 games. When they take the lead at Old Trafford, they have yet to lose. When they lead at halftime, they have not lost a game in 278 matches. Just really try and think about that for a second. It's nuts. It's an unbelievable, absurd stat. I saw that on Twitter. I hope it's... I hope I'm just you know, not spouting off and that thing's wrong. I, 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 sometimes I believe too much. I don't look for the, for the check mark all the time on Twitter, and sometimes I get duped into that. The funny one was when everybody thought I got duped into Pulisic's injury, and I said, oh, I predicted this. And everybody thought I was predicting the injury when I was saying I was predicting that somebody would try to dupe everybody, and then everybody thought I got duped. So I didn't, I didn't uh, kind of fell on my sword there. Uh, let's catch you up on MLS, because MLS is getting nutty already. And we had some firsts. So Orlando loses to Cincinnati. Congratulations, Cincinnati. My God, are you horrible? And you, you figured it out on one day. I'm actually, I don't know how to, I'm really happy for my friend, you know, Pat Noonan, who's actually worked with Jimmy Curtin, who celebrated his 100th win in the league. And that was uh, Pat Noonan's first. But celebrate the hell out of that, man. That team doesn't get to celebrate. That must have been a fun trip home. And then, you know, some, some losses. I mean, Montreal doesn't look good this year. So I'm, I'm not counting them out, but... Montreal, Canada doesn't look good. The whole, everything in Canada. Montreal's bad. Toronto's bad. Bob Bradley hasn't figured it out yet. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for him to figure it out, but I think that that roster wasn't, yeah, that's me. Hi, how you doing? I'm, I, w- I was talking to you, but um, when people walk by, I always kind of chat with them because they can't figure out who the hell's talking to them. It's my voice. And then they see the, the, the big window and they figure it out. But uh, Toronto, uh, not looking uh, that great yet. And the team that Bob Bradley left, is looking fairly spectacular under Steve Shrondolo. So they get a 2 nothing win against Inter Miami, who at some point, somebody's got to say something. I know it's David Beckham. I know, I get it. But that team is really bad. And this is year two of badness. Chris Henderson left Seattle to go fix it, and I don't know if they're letting him work. Here's some advice, Miami. You brought him there for a reason. Let Chris Henderson roll up his sleeves and figure this out. Because your current manager... Has no clue, zero idea how to manage through an MLS season yet. He might figure it out, but that's the beauty of this league. We'll give you three, four years to figure it out. I mean, look at San Jose for Christ's sake. 
Columbus beats Toronto, so that's a two to one. Miami loses at home to LAFC, who I don't think they've been scored on yet. I'm not sure. That's LAFC, not the Galaxy. The Sounders get a great result taking out the Galaxy. I got to watch a little bit of that. I, I, I enjoyed that. Houston takes out the other unmentioned Canadian side, Vancouver, two to one. So Vancouver's bad again. Toronto's bad again. And Montreal is just bad. I can't say again because they, they haven't always been bad. They just kind of go up and down. Chicago gets a win against D.C., which is always interesting. To watch Ezra Hendrickson have a, some cele- celebratory, I love it. I love it. Frank, uh, Frank Klopas is also a part of that. So I, I, I got friends that I, that I like to kind of raise a glass to every once in a while. And then the weird one. I don't know if you saw the interview, but if you, did, <laughs> if you didn't see Gil's interview, go watch it. New England loses in the snow at home to RSL. And one of the most honest interviews you'll ever see. Just look it up. It's pretty good. I don't know why we play. There's no reason we can stop the game. We should play it. <laughs> it was great. And then, he, and then he drops an F-bomb, which I'm reminding you now that I still need to tell my story about why I got a red card over the weekend in, in Arizona. And it involved an F-bomb. My bad. I know. That is a violation. I'll get there. But you might want to stick around for that story. Philly beats San Jose. Surprise, surprise. Almeida is getting more and more miserable. All you got to do is look at their own Whatever comes out of their Twitter account or Instagram or anything, it, it, it's just his miserable face. And he, and he already had the bags under the eyes and already had a look about him that looked tired. But God, is he miserable. He just wants to leave. Let him go. Let him go. I think they're waiting. You know, there was some comments about, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to the owner, Fisher, and, and we've, we've, we've gone over it, and I want to stay for 10 years. You don't want to be there for 10 more minutes. God, it's just, it's like one of those things like in the modern world when, when somebody gets accused of something really bad and they say, I vehemently or I adamantly deny this. That means they're guilty as hell, by the way. It's just factual now. It's just really, you got to double down on yourself. It's like, I've screwed up. I'm about to get caught. I vehemently deny these accusations. I want to stay for 10 years. Give me a contract for 10 years. I don't know if that was a good idea, Almeida. Does that mean you need 10 years to figure it out? Or you really love it so much there that you want to stay. I don't know. A better idea would, it, would be in the future, when you come to a place like uh, Silicon Valley, explain it to the people that are going to work with you that that place is expensive and you're going to have to pay taxes at the end of the year. There's some advice you might want to take. You want an unhappy crew? This is not Mexico and you're not going to. You're going to be asked to pay taxes at the end. Just, just a little advice. I want to figure that part out. Or go back. You know, Chivas is in trouble. Everybody loves you there. You have five trophies. This whole idea of telling your team that they suck in, in America doesn't work. It works in Mexico. Go home. Go back. It'll work. But it's not working here. So I'm going to put a, a time limit on this. So where are we today? So today's the 15th, right? I would say, because this, num- this is a numbers game. It has nothing to do with when he should leave. This is coming down to how much longer they actually want to pay him and how much of a loss do they want to take before they, they pick somebody else. My guess is it's Luchi Gonzalez. That's just, I'm going to say that out loud. I, I understand the relationships between Chris Leach and Luchi Gonzalez, and I, and I think that's what's going to happen. Those two are boys. We've already saw what happened with uh, John Thorrington and Steve Sherundolo. We, it's, it's, it, it's not an old boys club. It's a new boys club. And um, these boys, uh, they're going to stick together. So... Get ready for that. That's probably will be the replacement that'll happen sometime. I don't know. The timing isn't right for Gonzalez because he's just taken on the job of being in a, 
an assistant coach with the national team. So he's one of Greg Berhalter's assistants. So, and, and, and that's, that's, you know, start the conspiracy theories, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm just not, I, but I, I, I know what's going on there. If you ever catch me at the bar, I might explain it to you, but I'm certainly not going to do it over the airways. So Dallas, uh, speaking of, they get a victory over, over Nashville, which actually surprised me because Nashville is pretty good on the road. They were able to take out Seattle. And you know, so Gary Smith's group didn't figure that one out. Colorado takes care of business against Kansas City. And Portland, a 1-0 victory over Josh Wolf's Austin. So much for scoring five goals a game, huh? Bring your average down. That'll bring your average down to five a game to what? So now 3.3? Yeah. That's, uh, and, that, and my guess is, we're looking at their schedule, that that, that number is going to flatten out a little bit over the course of the next couple of weeks. You know, Matthew McConaughey. Mahoney. I can't even say the guy's name. He's, he's like their inspiration. And uh, he, he seems to bang the drum for them. They do well at home. Atlanta gets a, a victory against Charlotte. Now, I watched the game, and I'm going to leave the names out of it. But I did watch this one. Atlanta gets a late winner, 2-1. to one. There was some. And I just don't. I, I'm, I'm actually with Charlotte's manager here. This doesn't look like a roster that belongs in MLS. And let's just say I, uh, they need a forward. And let's just say that that guy's not going to score in this league. Let's just go with that without being too poignant or rude or arrogant or whatever you want to call me. I don't care. That guy's not good enough. They're not going to score. The reason why they don't score a lot is because they, they really don't have anything going forward. And they got a little ahead of themselves, by the way. They act like they act. They acted a little str- They got their first goal. They got a little ahead of themselves. And then they started, you know, I, I was watching Alonzo get, get in an argument with one of their players. And sorry, I don't know your name yet. I'm not going to apologize for that. Is it unprofessional? No, you do something so I can remember your name. How about that? But this kid's like getting in a fight with, with like the worst guy to get in a fight with. You don't get in a fight with Alonzo. He's 37 years old and he's so ahead of you. And he's one of those pros that it's, he's going to remember that. And the next time you play six months from now, six months ago, six months later, he'll drag his cleats across your Achilles. And he'll say, that's for what you did in uh, March. So just careful what you wish for, kid, that I don't know your name. Don't get in arguments with that guy. He got the last laugh. They score a late goal, and Atlanta walks away victorious. Great goal, too. Punishing, punishing goal. Red Bulls, uh, this surprised me. Minnesota gets the victory here. Interesting game, yeah, but Red Bulls was on a, you know, they were certainly on a, on a run that I thought that they were, uh, they were going to extend on, but that, that doesn't happen. So you're caught up there. Everything, you know, LAFC, pretty good rebound. Uh, TFC still in trouble. San Jose, miserable, really bad. Cincinnati, with, with, I, I, they got to win. I, I don't know how long they're going to live off of that, but, but live off of it. And, and it's just that, you know, Columbus seems to have figured themselves out again. We'll see if Houston can, can sustain anything. New England taking a punch in the face. But it's too early. It's way, way too early to figure out how that's all going to play out. Now, I, I wanted to allude to the um, Bundesliga news before I expound on my uh, weekend's escapades because that was pretty bad. I got one of my producers that just walked in, has no idea what I'm about to say. He's probably going to be laughing hysterically when I, uh, when I uh, finally get to it. But, you know, look, Bayern is a team that, you know, we, we saw the explosion against uh, Salzburg. I actually predicted that, but I was about two weeks late. And I think Bayern has all the, all the pieces now. It looks like Alfonso Davies is, is back in training, will rejoin the team in the very near future. That is might be the reason why they sputtered a bit. Uh, Neuer back in the net. So, I mean, it's always odd. It's a weird stat. I looked at it the other day. When Neuer's not in there, they just are a different team. And they can't score when they don't have a keeper. I don't know. I don't know why that is. But Bayern's the team to watch right now. Bayern is going to catch fire. I really, I really truly believe that. 
And I, you know, I'm not a betting guy and I, I don't do that. Uh, the only bet I really make is the Super Bowl. But looking at the way this is all going to play out, I, I do believe that coming all the way to the end, Byron will be there. They'll, they're going to make the final this year. And we all know what's going on with that in, in the sense that uh, St. Petersburg got t- stripped there uh, of uh, the venue of, of hosting the, the Champions League final. So it'll be in Paris, which I just, I don't know. I like it. I like everything about it. PSG is not going to be there, clearly. Real Madrid will probably be. If, it depends on how the draw goes. We all know how that works. But be wonderful to see uh, a Real Madrid-Bayern final. That, that is what I'm rooting for. I'm just going to say it out loud. And it will complicate things, especially if, if Real Madrid happens to win it. I don't think they will. But if they happen to win, maybe Ancelotti managed at Byron. So there, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's some history there. These guys all, they, they end up playing against teams that they formerly managed because they've managed all the top teams. But I, I think that's where this is all going. And I think Real Madrid is, is the other team that we're, we, we just... You know, I was looking at the, at the, uh, the futures. I, as I said, I stopped by the sports book because I want to look at these kind of things. And Real Madrid, two weeks ago, was 30-1. to 1. Not the same now. It's a little different. I hope you took that bet two weeks ago before PSG because that's, that, that's a smart move. Bayern, to me, is the team to watch. Dortmund getting their act together. We did have a Gio Reyna sighting this weekend, which had everybody on edge. Watching him play, it sucks when you have a guy that keeps getting hurt, and, and you, now you don't know how to root for him. You, you start calling, you know, did he, did he play? Yes. Oh, great. Did he get hurt? No. Great. Success. It's not a success. We need him scoring goals and getting assists because we're, we're creeping closer and closer to the uh, announcement of the U.S. national team and this all-important three matches for the qualification, which, again, and next week we'll talk about it, or maybe at the end of this week I might even get into it as we start to figure out who's going to be coming our way and playing in these games. We already know who they are, and it's, it's about to get really tricky because it's uh, Mexico, Panama, and uh, finishing with Costa Rica in a place we've never won. But we're all watching Reyna and just saying, just get through the game, dude. Don't get hurt. Don't go down. And uh, he managed to get some minutes in, which was, was great to see. You know, Dortmund is only seven, seven points back, but I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's going to be enough. Bayern might do, eh, they can't do, I don't know. I think they win two trophies this year, and I think one of them might be the Champions League. The other bad news was Florian Wirtz, uh, this young 18-year-old kid at Leverkusen. He's been fantastic. He, 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 a year and a half, just spinning out of the pandemic and whatnot. Everybody's had their eye on him. He tears his ACL and their loss to Cologne. It was really, really unfortunate. It's always bad to see somebody get hurt, but now we're, he's not going to make the World Cup team. Or he shouldn't. He shouldn't. And that's a tough thing to swallow because the worst part is he's going to be back to fitness just prior to this uh, World Cup in Qatar and and. Should he play? Should he not play? No, I'm going to tell you right now, he shouldn't play. It's, it's terrible, but, but he shouldn't play. And uh, I guess lastly, Leipzig is uh, figuring things out with a 6-1 win over Firth. That's expected, but things have certainly got better with Leipzig over the, uh, since Jesse Marsh's departure, which, which actually was, was uh, Tedesco's now in charge over there. He was at Schalke before. Young manager, good ideas, but he, he's, he's another one of those guys that they, if you, if you look at the, the, the history there, uh, with uh, Julian Nagelsmann was you know one of the youngest managers coming out of Hoffenheim and then going to Leipzig and doing great things and now he's at Bayern but Tedesco's another one very young but seems to fit the checklist for those guys over there as I, I've said this before and I'll say it over and over again the, the Red Bull factory if you will whether that be at Salzburg Leipzig or in New York it's software guys it's not soccer it's software it's a way of playing it is a, a it is it is explained and 
it is executed. There's really not a whole lot of feel to it. And that's, that's the, I guess, the only criticism that the purists will ever have of what they're doing over there, but it also is effective. So uh, just to give you the update, 34 minutes in, like this really matters. Manchester United and Atletis still uh, in a gridlock, 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Don't know, but I'm, I'm going to look. And I'm, I don't think, where, how far are they? They're 34 minutes at Manchester. I'm going to say uh, Atletico doesn't have a shot on goal yet. Nope, they do. One. Well, they have one shot total. And it happened to be on goal. Very defensive effort over there. Very high-paid coach for not a lot, of, whole lot of entertainment. All right, so here it is. I am now speaking to the other glass window, which has my producers in it, so they can listen to this magnificent story. I got red carded this weekend. And, uh, you know, I've already apologized to my team. I've apologized to each player individually. But here were the circumstances. It was in the 86th minute, all right? Now, I've, I've, I've been progressively and incrementally getting more and more frustrated with this whole youth soccer ordeal. Because I'm a pro, and I'm a pro coach, and I really, I'm not saying that I shouldn't be, uh, you know, coaching an under-18 team, but the way I behaved this weekend was literally I completely forgot where I was. And I drop an F-bomb on a youth referee who didn't hesitate for a second to throw me out of the game. I just said it was an effing bad call. And then he refused to give me the red card. Like, normally like, the ref will run up to you and give the red card to, like, to you. He actually ran away from me. So he was about 20, 30 yards away. And then he gave me the red card. And then I just made things worse. And I said, well, come back and give it to me, you chicken shit. So I had a bad weekend. I'm sitting here watching my buddy Jesse Marsh or orchestrate a greatest come, one of the greatest comebacks ever for, for Leeds. And I'm out there on the, and it's 77 degrees with a hat on and glasses trying to manage my way to the end of a, a U18 game, and, and I forget where I am. Because if I say that at the pro level, the ref turns around and looks at me and goes, come on, Eric, knock it off. And I go, yeah, you're right, sir. And nothing comes of it. It was an immediate, I mean, immediate reaction. My intention, and if I'm being truly honest with the situation, 86th minute, I was complaining about a foul, which was a foul, and he just missed it. But that happens a lot, and I usually don't react to these kind of things. Is, is I was protecting the player, one, because the, the player was already sitting on a yellow, and he was about to lose his gourd and, and possibly get thrown out. I needed him to stay on the field. They need him more than they need me, I'll tell you that. But my intention was to get a yellow card, stop the game, let my, my defense actually recover because the foul was in the offensive third. And I had two guys completely out of the play, and it's two to two. And it was a, you know, a wacky game. So, tactic. Stand up, yell. Note to self, no more F-bombs at the youth games. Would be a good idea. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I've, I've been... Uh, thrown out of a game. And, and, but, and look, I, I certainly, I, I, I hold myself accountable. I mean, I'm completely at fault here. Completely at fault. And the, uh, the, the worst part of it, which was quite awful, is because it was a Monday and because I didn't have my assistant coach because he had to go home and work, we forfeited the game because I didn't have a carded coach on the bench. So it's a double whammy. I, and I'm going to have to sit out the next game, but these guys, my team, fights back against a very good team. We only have 11 healthy bodies on the third day of this tournament. And my guys fight, and they deserved a hell of a lot more than what they got out of that because they got a big donut. They got a, 
a game is, is forfeited because their coach can't behave. And we didn't, have, we didn't have a carded coach on the bench. How about that? Yeah. And then I'd have to drive home, right? So it takes five hours. So you just sit in my car. And then I, and I figured I'd, I'd call, make some calls, talk to some people about it, you know, try to feel better about it or just at least. I ended up not being able to call anybody because anybody's been in the middle of the desert in between Las Vegas and Phoenix. This, the cell coverage is so bad that you will never, ever talk to anybody. And then my phone starts to ring, and it's uh, WhatsApp from Europe, of course. Either way, here's, here's what I would say about this, and here's my apology. For anybody that witnessed that, I, am, I, I certainly um, am embarrassed for my behavior. But that's just the byproduct of trying to, to, to coach at a, a youth level when, when, and I forgot where I was. Still doesn't give me the excuse to drop the F-bomb, but watch some EPL games. I mean, I would say 90%. I actually have spoken to multiple referees. And they said, oh, it's just part of our culture. You know, they, they, you call a foul, and they, and they turn around and say F off immediately. That's the first thing out of their mouth. So my bad. It does not give me the excuse to do it. Let's just let's put it that way. All right, next podcast, I am going to dive into this Chelsea situation because it's, it's too much. It's too much to just, just kind of just dismiss uh, so what I'm going to do is set you up for the next one. I have to discuss this. The Saudi Arabian group, is uh, the consortium has been put together, $2.7 billion offer for Chelsea. Now, here's, here's going to be the issue. The issue is going to be, this is a country that, if we're getting into to equal rights here, there's a legitimate complaint here from the Chelsea faithful. Some of them are saying, we don't care where the money comes from. We just want a team. $2.7 billion, let's go. Others are saying, hey, we have a women's team. We have a women's team. What happens with them in a country that doesn't seemingly, well, seemingly, that does not recognize women as equal? So I want to, I want to dive into this one. I, I'm, I'm going to try and figure out who might be the best guest to, to, really, to, to, to really discuss this. But this cannot be a, a scenario where the Saudis say, well, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to be very different when we're with Chelsea Football Club. We're, gonna be, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to act like that when we're with you, but we, we're still going to continue to recognize the laws of our country, which disallow women from having any rights whatsoever. You can't do that. You can't. You can't say, oh, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to go home and beat my wife, but when I come to work, I'm going to respect women. No, you cannot do that. And that nowhere in, in, in the world of, of, that we live in, the world that we should live in, should that ever make sense to anybody. So if you want to, um, I don't know what number this one is, but if you want to hear the next one, it's going uh, to get tricky because it is a sticky situation with Chelsea Football Club. Roman Abramovich is, is, is out. Uh, he's going to sell the club, and he's entertaining multiple offers. One of them is the Saudis. And I can't be in more disagreements with the selling of this club, this great club, if those are, are the, the principles and in my opinion, just the overall values that are necessary if you're going to own a football club. You can't have it both ways, guys. So, and, there's, and it opens up to Pandora's box because there's other clubs that have, have other similar situations with their ownership. So should be interesting on, on, on the next go-around. For now, for today, I want to go watch Manchester United, so I'm out. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, continue to be good human beings out there. No F-bombs at youth games, please.
please. It's not a good idea. I am speaking from experience now. That's never going to happen again. Be good human beings out there. Take care of each other, respect, and accept each other, and you'll be okay. We'll hear you next time.